Welcome to Finest Work Songs. My name is Matt. My name is also Matt. Matt, I'm coming in fresh off of the Nashville Taylor Swift concert. Wow. MC, former guest, my daughter. MC and I ended up going to Night 3, which, as you'll hear, is a legendary show. (laughs) A Taylor Swift concert is like a huge ordeal for people. People dress up, and it's all related to some video or some past comment that Taylor made. Sure, yeah, yeah. For example, (laughs) in Midnight's, the most recent album, she made a comment about making bracelets for your friends. And so that meant Taylor Nation... Makes bracelets for everybody. Everybody. Yeah. All these Swifties came on wearing these homemade like bracelets and they bracelets. would trade them. Nice. Yeah. Sort of like you go to like a Disney cruise, you might trade your Disney pins. The or pins. Something. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. And it seems like it's very welcoming. Yeah. Unless you're one of Taylor's ex-boyfriends. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. We get there at Nissan Stadium and we're walking through, they're not halls, but just where all the concessions are. What would con- you call the concourses? them? Concourses. Sure. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. 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 We're walking through the concourses. We're about to head to our seats and the crowd just stops and backs up it started pouring down rain uh, yeah. and i heard about this it didn't take long for them to start singing someone would start singing any taylor swift song and then the whole people are singing it Ten thousand people <laughs> i mean and it would move down the concourse yeah, like the wave it was like a wave and so that was neat yeah two hours later it wasn't so neat sure yeah. and everyone's kind of sitting down because yeah, the rain the storms come through yeah and, yeah and the lightning, Matt. Yeah. Every time it lightnings, thirty minutes later, yep. and people are like, "Would they do it tomorrow?" And I was like, "No, like this is it. This is I, it. They've got a schedule. They yeah. got to keep." You know, and I'm worried about MC. I don't care. Yeah, I'll yeah. sit there all night. Yeah. This is her big concert that she has been babysitting for months yeah. and months. Yeah. And any birthday gift, she just said, "Please, just help me out with the concert." Yep. And when I say devoted, like she has a Swifty account. Yeah, it's big. Yeah. <laughs> At Cowboy Like MC, which is a reference to a Taylor lyric where it's Cowboy Like Me. Right. You know, and so I'm worried like she's going to be crushed. Right. Man, the kid just stayed positive. She was just talking to other Swifties, trading bracelets. She was in line for the restroom, and this girl came up and goes, Are you Cowboy Like MC? That's awesome. I follow your Instagram account. That's amazing. I mean, that right there just made her night. That's so cool. And that is a cool feeling. Like, I was in the gym and I heard a voice behind me and it was like, Hey, aren't you Matt from Finest Work Songs? I turned around and I was like, Matt, I told you not to talk to me in public. <laughs> I'm still a little crushed by that. <laughs> and that was my way of like trying to like generate buzz by speaking just a little too loudly about our right. podcast. Yeah, I was like, no, Matt. <laughs> so back to it. Finally, they let us in close to 10 p.m. Right. No openers. Phoebe Bridgers was one of the openers. I was really excited yeah, to see. Sure. But at this point, just get us out there. And Taylor comes on at 1030 and doesn't skip a thing. Her normal show. Like, yeah. And just kills it. Gosh, she played until one thirty. You know, MC was like, is that the best show you've ever seen? I was like, absolutely. Oh, yeah? Uh, is it my favorite? Mm, probably not. Yeah. But it's the best thing I've ever seen in terms of the production yeah. and the performance, the technical aspect. Yeah. I'm so envious of people like MC who has that experience, the anticipation, you know, sitting there waiting for the, the lights to go down at an REM concert waiting for this. Because to me, that was the ultimate, right? It's right. like you're in the crowd, you're, you're waiting for the lights to go down, you're waiting for them to come out, and it's like the greatest thing ever. This is like tenfold that, just because of the community that Taylor yeah. Swift has built. To go through that and to have that kind of experience is just, I mean, that's something neither one of you, you guys will ever forget. Which no. It's pretty remarkable. Apparently, 
a quote-unquote rain show for Taylor Swift mm-hmm. is like a legendary thing. Okay. So when she said, this is officially a rain show, I mean, the People's place, heads exploded. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and granted, they exploded when she turned and winked at them or, you yeah. know, or yeah, like yeah. started a song. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right, right. Every step. And the thing that I kept hearing from people is, Taylor cares about us. Yeah. You know, which is partly funny. Yeah. But also, she has a record of yeah. seeming to care. Delivering, and so, yep. Yeah. And so that's where playing until 1.30 at an open air stadium that loud yeah and so the fines that she had to pay like and i just thought of course she did yeah because for her what are you gonna do well, Seventy thousand. yeah the alternative is is you you're just disappointed yeah yeah your fan People base who, who care a lot <laughs> yeah not just your fan base yeah. but your swifties yeah honestly i think they could have gone to her with how much money she has and said you're gonna lose money on this show and she would have said that's fine yeah you mentioned the restrooms, and um, I thought it was funny. You know, someone had had referenced the fact that, like, you had all these Taylor Swift concerts. You know, it's predominantly women, g- females, girls. Ninety nine. Oh, women's bathrooms are notoriously long lines, anyway. Yeah. So they're using the men's rooms. Yeah. Someone referred to it as the reverse rush effect. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, but it was man, it was so worth it. That's awesome. And I was so excited. And MC just the whole time yeah. was screaming and singing and, and everything. So that's great. We went to the Country Music Hall of Fame. Yep. Because they had a Taylor Swift exhibit. Okay. And so that was cool. Country mm-hmm. Music Hall of Fame. You know, it's interesting though. I feel like I only saw one Shania reference. Oh. And only one like Garth Brooks reference. That seems it was weird. That is weird. And it even said on the Shania one, best-selling female country artist of all time. But all you had was like either one picture or one dress of hers. It's like, well, we have to acknowledge them. Yeah. But pff, this is all we're But doing. she's from Canada. She's yeah, not yeah, from right. Nashville. Yeah. What if they didn't have a Garth Brooks one? They just had a Chris Gaines exhibit. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I believe um, previous two-time guest, Troy Fairbank, uh, he visited the Country Music Hall of Fame. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was about six months ago or so. And, and he was kind enough to text me a photo of uh, one of Mike Nesmith's suits yeah. they have on display there, which Good. I, I appreciated. I thought of you when I saw it. Yeah. I don't care enough like Troy does <laughs> to send a picture, but I did think of you. Yeah, well, I appreciate the nanosecond of time it took for you to think about me. I've only been to Nashville one other time. I don't love it. I don't desire to live there. Yeah, same you know? here. In the hotel that we stayed at, there was a country bar adjacent, live performances every yep. night. And it's mm. like everywhere you go, there's live performances. Yeah. And the thing about Nashville, too, is that you don't know, you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. Somewhere you may find just a really beautiful moment. And mm-hmm. so I'm standing in the airport and this guy's singing and he's singing that Don Henley song, Heart of the Matter. Right. His version and his approach, thinking about forgiveness, even if you don't love me anymore. Yeah. And it was this beautiful moment where I'm sitting there thinking like, gosh, that is kind of cool. Yeah. Right after that, <laughs> he followed up with The Way You Make Me Feel by Michael Jackson. Nice. A country version. Yes. There's Nashville. There it is. I survived the Taylor Swift concert yes. and all of the uh, potentially rioting Swifties, but you Ooh, know, yes. Taylor came in and appeased everyone and yeah. saved the day. It's good. You could have had some violent films on your hands. <laughs> Speaking of violent films, Matt, <laughs> yeah. what is it we're here for today? Uh, so we're here to talk about the Violent Films debut album. Before we jump into the music, we like to begin with our memories. Matt, what is a memory you have associated with Violent Films? I actually have a distinct memory of, I think it was a church youth group ski trip. Yes. And I think I was like sixth or seventh grade. We're all on the bus. And I distinctly remember two girls who were probably a year or two older than me 
sharing a headphone. Mm-hmm. They looked so happy to what they were listening to. Yeah. So finally we were like, you know, what do you listen to? So they kind of let us listen to it a little bit. And it was blistering the sun. My initial reaction to it was this catchy, goofy song that for whatever reason, girls I knew really seemed to like it. So it was like, well, of course I'm going to you know, kind of pay attention to this. <laughs> you know, like Girls are into it and, and it's catchy and I don't really know what they're talking about. It's not an overly complicated song. And Basically, you're saying today if you were on a ski trip school bus that you'd become a Swifty. Probably, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Girls are listening to oh, it, they like it. it. They really like it, yeah. Not overly complicated, yeah. I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, I'm, I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> what about you? What's your What's your memory of it? Probably 86, 87, and we're in the kitchen, and there was a little tape player. Yeah. My sister and I are in there, my mom walks in, and, and she hits play. She's like, listen to this. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mom, you're into this? You know? <laughs> I still don't know why to this day, but she hit play, and it was right on the part of add it up. Why can't I get just one screw? Mm-hmm. I think she let it play and then it got to the other one. The, the other, other part. Yeah. My mom opens up the tape thing, <gasps> takes out the tape and breaks <gasps> it in half. And my sister was so mad. She's <sighs> like, Mom, we didn't come from this fundamentalist yeah, yeah. Christian background. Right, like, right. That's the only time that happened. Oh my God. Although I have mentioned before that fast forward to when I'm in high school and that scene gets repeated, same spot of the kitchen. And my mom finds the onyx CD. oh yeah there's some pretty explicit titles yeah. on there and oh, so yeah. i don't know if she would have broken it to get her to start it away i was like that's not mine it's not mine you know but yeah, i'll never forget that that scene and i i remember thinking it's one of the rare moments that like i'm not in the hot seat yeah. you know but i remember standing there with mouth agape and my mom just breaking just this tape it. which i'm just like dang mom i don't that's... know if i could just grab a cassette and break it i know right <laughs> just yeah. like that she's been practicing yeah right my dad's like go to bed turn off the light betty She's got one of those hand, you the know, hand, grips. hand grip things that, that were she's big squeezing in the 80s. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's a great mom and was. She's super also one of chill. our biggest supporters. Yeah, man. Shout out to Betty. Yeah, like, I love it. She's awesome. For she's real. The best. Happy Mother's Day. It's almost Mother's Day. That's right. Happy Mother's Day, mom. Although by the time that I finally <laughs> Happy Father's get this, Day, <laughs> yeah, I finally Father's get this Day, edited. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, so she just snapped it in half. Yeah, man. She God. wasn't having it that day. She, did she have it queued up? Almost like. I want you to hear why I'm about to snap. This no, head. no. I th- I think that we had probably been listening and probably got to the why can't I get just one screw? And then she turned it off maybe yeah. because she heard mom or oh, yeah. mom oh, said, what come, come Yeah, something like that. Because it was just queued up too perfectly. That's the ethos of the violent films right there was it was kind of like edgy enough for teenagers. You felt like you were kind of getting away with something. Yeah, that's right. To the violent films. That's right. You know. All right. Well, let's jump into this subversive contraband. <laughs> Check you out. Let me go wild. 
This is a band that you not only know the drum fills, yeah. but you can sing the bass line. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. As well as the words. Yeah. I remember this being one of the early guitar riffs I could figure out how to play. Because it's pretty mm-hmm. simple. It's two strings, essentially. Yeah. That first part. It's got one of those, like in the song Shout, get a little bit softer now. Yeah. Kind of yep. builds back up thing. And in like two minutes, they managed to work that in. Yeah, it's such a short it's song. It's a short song. We talked about the subversiveness of it. For years, I'd always heard the song was about masturbation. It was a long time before I figured out that, no, they're actually talking about drug use. I felt like that was part of the lore of violent films was what this song allegedly was was about. I don't remember ever hearing that or talking about really? that. Really? Maybe it was just my friends. <laughs> First of all, it's the 40th anniversary. I'll give a shout out to my friend Jason Brooks for reminding me of that. You know, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh yeah, you know, that would be a good one to, to talk about. Yeah. There's a podcast on Spotify where... All three of the original members come on uh, with an interviewer, and they're not all on together, but yeah. they're talking about the album. Years later, people said, Well, you know what the song's about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wink, know? wink. Yeah, and he just said, That's not what it's about at all. Yeah. I should know. I wrote it. I wrote it when I was 15 years old. <laughs> How on earth could it be about In that? my bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Come on, people. <laughs> One of the things that I want to talk about with this song is the lasting impact of the violent films. Yeah. The bassist, Brian Ritchie, at one point said, we don't have hits, we have classics, yeah. which is a great way to, a great way to put it. it. I think they play this at sporting events, right. like just oh, that yeah. little riff, and people will do the clap, 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 yep. clap. There's a lot of covers over the years. Mm-hmm. It's not that there's a resurgence 30 years later. Right. Like no one's been listening to the Violent Femmes, and then it comes up. Right. It almost feels like a tape that's passed on yeah. to yeah, high yeah. schoolers. Like a rite of passage, like, this is yours now. Yeah. Treat it well. Yeah. Here's some of the covers that I found. Yeah. This is an artist called, and I don't know how you say the name. It's M-X-M-T-O-O-N. Okay. Early 20s Oakland artist that went on to become extremely famous online. Of course, we haven't heard of her. (laughs) Right. Through YouTube and TikTok. Yeah. And she covered this song for a video game called Life is Strange. Okay. This is a song recorded for a video game by a millennial. In 2021. In 2021. That is crazy. I like it. It's good. Yeah. That's a really good rendering of it. As we'll get into it, a non-label release that took 10 years to even chart. How is this still going? Yeah. How do people know about it? It's not an album that I listened to in high school and I still listen to. That's the thing. I was reading like a 30-year anniversary piece about, about this album. It might have been on Pitchfork or something. They called it Children's Music for Teenagers, which is a perfect description of it. Yeah. It hits you at a moment. It hits you at a time in your life. It doesn't mean everything, but it means a lot mm-hmm. at that time. Automatic for the People was a such a big, deep, emotional album at a 
big, deep kind of emotional time in my life. I probably listened to this album around that same time, and I don't have that same attachment to it. For me, Automatic is the opposite. An adult yeah, yeah. album about facing death. As a kid, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, and a hearing young person. it as a kid. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's similar. Like, I didn't get it automatic like i do now. we've talked about yeah. this in the past few years yeah. how yeah. it hits us yeah and so it's the opposite because right. violent films it hits you and you get it yeah. as a teenager right away at the heart of it the reason why you have millennials in 2021 doing new versions of the song is it's enjoyable it's good poppy kind of fun music and every generation needs that at some point but i think to your point like how do our kids not that I necessarily want my kids listen to Violent right. Femmes, but how do, how do they stumble across something like this? It's just passed along? Yeah. Here's another cover. that one as much (laughs) (laughs) this is a band called little stranger what year is that when is that Uh, what do you think because it feels like it's that feels like 2000 ish to me yeah let's see when this is 2020 matt (laughs) oh wow okay boy i'm I'm on the ball (laughs) well i i think that really speaks to the production yeah i mean that's an old production (laughs) yeah style that's one okay here's another one like that you like that that's, that's catchy a little yeah. french swing Zutalor. That p- <laughs> what does it mean because you said every time we, I know, you know, anything french comes up I, I took like eight years of french and that's all i remember <laughs> i said that the other night and my son was like what's that mean i was like i don't know i think it just means oh goodness i'm sure that's not what it means at all right matt that was on the bridesmaids soundtrack ah. That's a really funny movie. Natural Born Killers by Ice Cube is also on. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds about right. Uh, One more cover, Matt. Yeah. Oh, why? Stop. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> oh gosh. I was going to say, see, it's a song that transcends all genres, yeah. and then you got to that one, and they just ruined it. Oxytoxin, <laughs> Matt. Not Oxycontin, but no, Oxytoxin. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's... That's a nice play on words. That's the cover. Let's see if they solo down here, down the line. Of course. I don't know why I said, let's see if yeah. they solo, but <laughs> there it is. Why did they do that? Oh, man. There's more out there, but those were some of the more notable covers. We've mentioned it, I think, on our um, on the Dolly Epipod, where we talked about a great song is a great song. No matter how who covers it, it's going to be a good song. And that's where I was going with that until, until that last cover version. Yeah. But I blame them. They ruined it. There's a spirit that they're trying to capture point. that everybody has. The, the last cover didn't have it. No. <laughs> it's more lighthearted than that. Yeah. Someone, a person to talk to, someone who care to love. Could it be you? Could it be you? Situation gets rough, then I start to panic. It's not enough. It's just a habit, a kid, you're sick. Well, darling, this is it. You can all just kiss off into the air. Behind my back, I can see them stare. They'll hurt me bad, but I won't. So distressed Did I happen to mention that I'm impressed? They can be so catchy And then keep us listening Even through such a dissonant part There's an energy to these recordings too It, it almost mm-hmm. seems like These were done like one take Like alright we're good Right. We like it. Even when he's speaking, this will go down on your permanent record. Like that almost seems like an ad lib kind of thing. It seems very live. It seems very raw. Let's talk a little bit about that recording. Summer of eighty one, Brian Ritchie on bass, Victor De Lorenzo on drums, mm-hmm. and they'd been playing together. Right. This kid Gordon Gano graduates from high school in eighty one mm-hmm. and they started playing. They couldn't get any gigs, so they just played outside, and Busking. they could, yeah. Yep. Which they said they didn't know there was a term, right? And that no one did that. They said it was definitely not cool back then. It's yeah. not like people were playing around Minneapolis yeah. like that. They were the only ones, and they decided to play to the people who were waiting in line for a pretender show. <laughs> and then one of the members of the pretenders comes out, hears them, goes and gets the band. Long story short, Chrissy Hine invites them yep. to open that night, which wasn't like, and then they got a deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah it yeah. was just like, that was a big moment for right. them. When they finally make it into the studio, the guy who engineered them worked at the studio, but had never engineered, right. I think. And, yeah, yeah. and some of this might be a little off, yeah, but yeah. the spirit of it is yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> this is the only album this guy has ever tracked and engineered. <laughs> he didn't do any before or after because he got out of the business. Yeah. And so that guy's credit is this platinum album. <laughs> Whoever was producing and that what they were going for was this kind of Sun Records type, yeah, very raw feel. I yeah. mean, there's no effects. Maybe that's part of what makes it so accessible to teenagers too. Is that yeah. it's like, oh, when I play, it sonically sounds like that. Yeah, 
when they would take it to places or shop it around, you know, some of the feedback is like, well, that's a demo. Come in and we'll do the real right, thing. Right. And for them, they're like, no, this is the album. Yeah. Good for them for sticking to their guns. Right. I think they really believe they had something and yeah. clearly they did. Yeah. That sort of ethos of it sounding like a demo, I think is also in a weird way, kind of the reason these songs got passed around like they did. It yeah. kind of has that, like, you're on the front end of something kind of exciting. Like, oh, listen to this. Like, sounds like a demo. Kind of treat it like you're in on a secret, you yeah. know, with this. The album cover, this girl who's, like, peering through a window who's, like, three years old, she said for years later she would get recognized, which I'm calling BS on Yeah, that. no way. One, you can't see her face. What if she, like, always wore that same white dress, though? Walked around barefoot, and ribbon like, in her hair. Just, like, hangs out, like, staring <laughs> in windows, like, yeah. at a certain angle. <laughs> like, hey, yeah, don't you know who I am? But, yeah, like, she apparently swears, like, people, she got to college, and people like, oh, you must be the girl on the Violent Films what? album. No way. I love that story, though. You know, when they record an album like that, that means that when you play live, it's pretty much almost exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Got to see them live, Matt, at the Boathouse okay. in 1991. They actually have released a DVD of that oh, show. Wow. I didn't know that until we were digging into this. Here's a clip of Kiss Off from that show. Okay. I'll fast forward because we, we didn't hear the counting part, which oh, yeah. is a classic part. I hear you clapping. I've got a style. <laughs> I take one, one, one because he left me And two, two, two for my family And three, three, three for my heartache And four, four, four for my headaches And five, five, five for my loneliness Six, six, six for my sorrow Seven, seven, and then no tomorrow Eight, eight, I forget my name was four But nine, nine, nine for a lost guy The thing I remember is that they walked through the crowd at the beginning of the show. Mm. Everybody's just there packed. We're towards the back, you know, like people do with an ambulance and they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. We worked our way to the front because we just got right behind them. Oh, wow. The crowd was breaking for them. I'd imagine you like you also like follow them on stage. Like, oh, crap. Like, yeah, oh, sorry. Too sorry, far. My, my bad. <laughs> you know, that's a fun sing-along show. Yeah. It's like a Swifty concert, man. Yeah. Everybody knows They're the They're the words. original Swifties. I hadn't listened to this album in- 30 years. At least- and you still and know it all. Every word. Every note. Yeah. Yeah. There's something to his songwriting and to their crafting of music and playing and everything. But the thing I remember is that we were in front of the drummer standing up yeah. playing that snare. And it looked like he was just staring ahead like a serial killer. <laughs> he was really locked in and yeah. really not staring at us. Yeah. Just, just staring, staring into straight nothing. ahead. Yeah. I just remember being like, something's not going on. Anyway. Yeah. yeah it was a great show. Probably 15 years ago, there used to be some free concerts in mm-hmm. Moore Square mm-hmm. here in Raleigh. Got to see the Spin Doctors yeah. at that time. Naughty by Nature nice. came. Yeah. And I remember Violent Films were one of them as well. I know it was about 15 years ago because Sienna, our oldest, was a baby. I remember having her like in a baby Bjorn. Yeah. And you know, since it's a baby at a concert, you were way at the back. What I do remember was, yeah, even though this was well past their what I thought was their prime and relevance. You're right. They do these parts of these songs, like you're counting down and everyone, even like the homeless people in the park yeah. seem to know these songs. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's like, they're like singing along. It's like yeah. pretty amazing. All right, Matt, I have a few covers for you. Okay. Here's the first one. Someone, a person. 
person to talk to, someone to get along. Oh, could it be you? Nice auto tune. That was their auto tune on this. The situation gets rough, and I start to panic. It's not enough. It's just a habit. Hey, kid, just sick. Well, darling, this is it. You know, like when you're first playing guitar and you get that first distortion pedal and you just use it on everything that's how this guy sounds like with auto-tune he's like i've got to use auto-tune on every single note of this song yeah it's fun and it's new this next cover is by legendary richmond virginia hardcore band avail It's got some a punk ethos to it a little bit. There's definitely punk roots in there. Yeah. But yeah, they've put more attitude to it, but there's attitude to begin with. Yeah, there is. So it's funny to hear a version of Violent Femmes that's like this TikTok star. Emo R&B-ish kind of thing. Yeah. And then like a Parisian swing. Yeah. And then a <laughs> hardcore. veil. Hardcore. All right. One more of Kiss Off here. I think you're going to resonate with this one, Matt. Okay. Well, I need someone, a person to talk to, someone who cares, who loves, could it be you? Well, could it be you? Situations get rough, and I start to panic, it's not enough. Well, this is the habit, hey, kid, you're sick. Well, darn, this is it. One, two, three, four. Well, you can all just kiss off into the air. Behind my back, I can see them stare. They're with me bad, well, I won't mind. People who sing like that, uh, what does he look like to you? Well, first I picture Rob Zombie. I picture the throwback 50s greaser, and he's got sleeves. Yeah. What's that band? Social Distortion? Social Distortion. Yeah. Yeah. If you sing like that, then you are in a band like that. Yeah. You don't run into those people in nature. Sing no, like that. no, yeah. or like at a coffee shop, yeah, with like a little piano keyboard, and he sings like that. You're going to be pigeonholed and siloed in the one kind of band. Yeah, here's a pack of cigarettes. Roll it up in your sleeve. Yeah, grease your hair bag. Yep. Here's um, a switchblade. Do like a, a rockabilly version of some Danzig songs. Yeah. Stay in that. That's lane. it. Sorry. <laughs> oh man, that was blue collar criminals with oh. Kiss Off. I'm sure, we'll do an episode on that. Oh yeah, at least one. All right, next track. Days go on. How 
Just when you thought they were like a one-trick pony, they can do reggae, too. Authentic. How did this kid... I mean, he was 18. Yeah. He was 15 when he started writing these, right. I think. How did this kid write these songs and have such personality and yeah, yeah. confidence? Right. Usually, it takes people years to have some sort of a voice, and he came right out with a distinct voice. Mm-hmm. Not, and I'm not talking about sonically how it sounds or tonally. Yeah. I'm just saying like attitude and, mm-hmm. and everything. And he's able to hang with these older guys, and they're doing like fun little harmonies and yeah. silly stuff. That's unconventional. Usually, you start out and you're copying yeah. everybody. And then finally, you start to develop something. But yeah, kind of from the get go, he had his influences. Yeah, but they're not so clearly written on his sleeve that you mm-hmm. just go, "Oh, well, you're trying to be so and so." Yeah, yeah. There are elements when they're doing those high pitch "bye bye bye" part. Like, mm-hmm. there's some early like Monkeys albums, for instance. Prepackaged, they're like, "Oh, we got to put out an album to go along with this TV show," mm-hmm. and there's like goofy little novelty songs like they, they, the monkeys had a song called i'm gonna buy me a dog which is like an outtake kind of song <laughs> hold on i gotta hear this again there's this sort of raw we're just going to go into a studio do it really quick you know damn the torpedoes we don't really care how it sounds and it has that feel to it almost like a throwaway there's energy and joy and yeah very unpolished the violent films have their own thing going on matt i have an idea about maybe how he was able to come so fully formed to write some of these songs sure. gordon gano went to the same high school as speech from arrested development what <laughs> <laughs> yeah there it is yeah Two, two poets of their time. That high school. Something in the chocolate milk there. <laughs> Something in the square pizzas of that school, man. That's awesome. Yeah, isn't that wild? That is wild. I love looking up where they went to school. That's amazing. First album, by far their most popular album. I had subsequent albums, but this is the classic one. Yeah, we're talking about this album that very few of us actually owned. There's a reason why we're talking about the impact. No, everybody of owned it. You don't think so? It went uh, platinum. Well, that's true. I had songs here and there. I guess eventually I had the album. Everyone I knew had it, but it was like, it was a mixtape album, like you said, as in it showed up on mixtapes. But you put it on there because it was the, if somebody didn't know it, this is an underground yeah, way yeah, for yeah, you yeah. to be cool. Yeah. And, and then you went and got it. And yeah. Then, yeah, that's true. Matt, one more cover I want to play. This is by a band, B-E-T-S, not to be confused with B-T-S. Okay, <laughs> that's unfortunate. Yeah, B-E-T-S. She put out an album called Project Violent Films. Oh, 
not my jam. I love it, man. It's, you love it's, it? Yeah, it's got that dream poppy Mazzy yeah. Star. Cocktail yeah, I twins. Can see the Mazzy Star. I dig that. And the whole album is like that. I think it's really cool. I like the fact that she was able to, again, kind of reinvent a song like that. And if I'd never heard the original version of that and heard that for the first time, I'd go, like, oh, that's, that's a pretty, pretty good song. song. Yeah. yeah. Matt, until that song started just now, I didn't know that the opening of that song was Tell You Man, I'm Stuck on This Lovely Girl. Because the lyrics popped up and yeah. I hadn't read them. Yeah. Until now, uh-huh. I thought it was, tell your mom That's I'm stuck on this lovely girl. You did? I did. Okay, I I'm glad t- I, I'm not such t- an it's idiot. It's not tell your mom I'm st- No. Hold on. Let's listen to it, the initial. But I mean, it says. Tell your man. Tell you man. Tell you man. Yeah. Tell your mom I'm mom. stuck on this lovely That's why. Girl. Yeah, they, no they, wonder. Tell your mom. Come on, Gordon. You can't be doing that. You get canceled <laughs> for doing that, Gordon. That's right. You can't say mom. I thought it was mom. Oh, mom. Well, here we are. We're, here we're we are, folks. We're learning and growing. Learning right with you. <laughs> now we've come to the portion of the show where we challenge one another to remove a song. So, Matt, yeah. Violent Femmes, they're going to let that drummer in your room, and he's going to stand there with a snare drum by your bed and just stare just at you stare while you at sleep. You yeah. While he plays. Yeah. If you don't remove a song off of their debut album. So, which one would you remove if you had to? It was actually kind of difficult to figure out which song to remove. Okay. But for me, I think I would remove Confessions. I'm here for the prepubescent energy and fun, and, and there's some sing-along to that, but it's not the poppy, catchy, violent films. I like a little bit of the, the anger and the, the yelling. Mm-hmm. I think they do that well, just not as much on, on that song. That's one thing I like about them, though, is that they're bubblegum hooks, mm-hmm. but there's an underlying kiss-off. That's, yeah. like, that's a punk attitude. Right. And not just punk. Yeah. There's like a grunge. Yeah. Yeah, Pre grunge angst Mm -hmm. under there, you know? Mm -hmm. Other songs on here a little bit more introspective and dark. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of like that balance. I like confessions. I would remove to the kill. That's just the one. Yeah. That was pretty easy for me. Mm hmm. Now it's time for your senior quote. This is a very appropriate album. For oh this. my gosh. It's your senior year <laughs> in the yearbook. You have your formal picture, and underneath it is a quote that represents the journey you've been on, the road that lies ahead, or something that would have your mom pop open that cassette and break that break thing in, in half. half yeah yeah matt what uh what would your senior quote be this is the hardest senior quote i've ever had to do because there are so many options <laughs> from this like this whole album is a senior quote yeah i think i would actually go with from kiss off well you can all just kiss off into the air behind my back i can see them stare they'll hurt me bad but i want mine they'll hurt me bad they do it all the time just because you feel like you're coming in. you're ready to move on and forget these forget the haters yeah it might have been picking on you behind your back or whatever so okay i actually had a hard time with this one really not because there's so many oh really i don't know i i think i would you kind of ruled high school though right i didn't rule high school <laughs> <laughs> no if by rule you mean me and doug at the youth group ski trip having fun then crown me bro i'll get existential which is like okay. not what this album does sure so this is a stretch people wouldn't even know 
that this came from the sun. Okay. I'd put, a little voice says, I'm going crazy to see all my worlds disappear. <laughs> that's good. And people would be like, oh, what is that? Is that, you know, yeah. be like, that's Von Thames. They'd be like, what? What? All right, Matt, we didn't even get to the lawsuit that Brian Ritchie brought to Gordon Gaina for letting Wendy's use their song oh in a goodness. commercial. We didn't talk about the movie Reality Bites. Yeah. In yep. which Ethan Hawke sings added up to Winona Ryder and how problematic that movie is. There's been some articles on it. If you haven't looked it up, y'all, okay. look it up. Like basically how Reality Bites, we left that movie thinking like, oh, Ethan Hawke and Winona Ryder. And then you look back and it's like, oh, I'm sorry that Ben Stiller was such a jerk for being a responsible person with a job who really cared about Winona Ryder. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And they even said that at the end, they had to add Ben Stiller's character taking Winona's film and ruining it for MTV because otherwise he wasn't hateable. Oh, yeah. If we showed that movie to our kids, Matt, I'm pretty sure that they would say, They're what? not here for it. Yeah, they're yeah. not here for it. Anyway, <laughs> it was so much fun to listen to. Oh, my gosh. And I hope that listeners, for those of you who are our age or younger or older, because yeah. it seems like it has hit many people at, at one time. If you grew up in white suburban America, this album somehow found its way into your tape deck until your mom found it and, and broke it out. <laughs> Thanks again to all the finest work fans for listening and for tuning in and keep engaging with us on social media, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Check out our website, finestworksongs.com, and be sure to give us a review and a, and a rating wherever you enjoy podcasts. Send us some emails at finestworksongs at gmail.com. And uh, we didn't do a Kenny Gmail this time, but maybe we'll, we'll read one of your emails in a future Kenny Gmail segment. We ran out of time and didn't get to this one, so we're going to leave you with Gone Daddy Gone. theme song is by the incredible band medium heat this track is called radio and you should check them out at mediumheat.bandcamp.com and check out any upcoming shows if you're in the raleigh area they are on facebook at medium heat 